we live in in the center of everything that we've learned. And when we deviate to one side or the other, we're negating the wealth and breadth of, of who we are on this planet. And welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast, where we peel back the bullcrap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. When I think of today's guest, uh, I think of someone with immense compassion and love, someone deeply connected to the spiritual nature of all of our existence, an intuitive creator, a force for good, for peace, for transformation. And then there's the entrepreneur piece, an author, a publisher. Gosh, there's just so much more, so much more. But most of all, I think of a friend. So I'm really, really happy to catch up with my very dear friend today, Stacey Nelson. Hello, Stacey. Hi, Phil. Uh, you know, you just have to start me with tears in my eyes, don't you? <laughs> well, that's not the first time, is it? Because when we first no. met five years ago in that room September 2013 in LA mm -hmm. I, I'd, I'd hidden funny enough I, I just talked about this on a, on a on a on another episode that I've recorded um about how I'd hidden away for pretty much the whole weekend at the back of the room but what I didn't say was it was like on that final morning I don't know whether it was like the Sunday or the Monday morning I can't really remember but it was like the final morning of the event mm -hmm. and uh as a Steve and Rich had me stand up and read out this email that I'd sent them to the whole room about how I felt like an imposter in that room and and then I just had this insight that that doesn't mm -hmm. fucking matter just like be there for yourself <laughs> and ask the questions that you want want the answers to and what have you and I do remember um that you had said something there I know it moved many people in the room it was very touching to know that, I, that I'd done something like that um so, yeah, I just know it's not the first time that I've had you with tears in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, I mean, not not to d devalue what you said, but I cry pretty much at anything. But two, it was it's it's because, you know, you have such a huge heart and it's, you know, you come across, you know, quiet and but there's so much power inside of you. And when you open that heart up, it's like this flood that you just, I mean, if, if you don't tear up in your presence, then you're an unfeeling bastard because <laughs> it's just impossible. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to tear up as well now. Okay. So let's, let's, tell you what, let's move on. Managed. I'm good. <laughs> Let me get back in touch with my masculine side. Just bear with me a moment. I'll do some breathing exercises. No, right. Okay. So here's the thing. So let's start because you've got lots and lots and lots to talk about. Oh my goodness. Um, we might even have to split this one into two. Who knows? Let's see where we go. But I would, I would love, I would love for you to just to share maybe briefly because you know there's probably some real juicy stuff for us to get to. Um, what what got you, yeah, into that room actually? five years ago so really what got you into you know the coaching profession and into that room you know it, it's interesting because because that room came several years into my journey and 
And yet I still felt like a neophyte. Like, uh, you know, I walked into that room a little bit stunned because, um, you know, while I had been, you know, building my business and I'd had clients, um, it was different than I thought it was going to be like. Uh, you know, I, I came into coaching with a long history of of marketing and building businesses. You know, I'd been I'd, – I'd built multi-million dollar divisions for corporations. I had um, – I had my own marketing consultancy business for a while. I'd been – you know, uh, there was an article on me in Entrepreneur Magazine. Like, I knew how to build businesses that mm-hmm. – it wasn't that hard. And so, uh, you know, when I made that decision to, you know, do something more meaningful than, um, than marketing for, you know, I live in a wine region, so I was marketing for wineries and wine tour companies, which was loads of fun, by the way. But I wanted to do something that meant a little bit more in the world. And I was like, okay, you know, I'd, I've had a lifetime of self-development work. I'm, I'm going to get into the self-development industry and I'm going to teach and I'm going to coach. And how hard can it be? I know how to build businesses. And it was probably one of the most frustrating experiences of my life <laughs> because, you know, all of a sudden I, uh, you know, you have to look at everything differently because you're marketing something that is so deeply personal Mm -hmm. that everything had to shift and and my approach had to shift and when I happened upon that room it was you know knowing that I'd come from the build the platform build the email list build the the product um into build the relationship build the connection um don't worry about the marketing, worry about that, that heart to heart. It was like I had found home and then you walk into this room and people are, are making, you know, charging 50,000, 100,000, all these big dick prices, right? <laughs> I didn't know that that was possible. I didn't know that that was even going on and who knows whatever it was really. But anyway, that's another story. But, you know, that, it was like a so secret many, club that I knocked into. Like I, I just felt such an imposter there, and yeah, I realised. Hang on a second. I think almost everybody here feels like an imposter with the prices of a small house being bantered around as as fees, and so much right? focus on that, on the high ticket stuff. But yeah, and and then I was like, I want that. Yeah, who wouldn't like? like right. Okay, if that's possible, yeah, great. Just I'll just have like three or four clients a year. That would do me nicely. Thank you very much. I, I I sat down with uh, with a gentleman there, and I was like, okay, how'd you do it? And I, like, sit, 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 uh, the poor guy was trapped for, like, a good half an hour of me grilling him. <laughs> okay, tell me about this. Okay, tell me about this. Well, what about this? Well, what happens if? And, like, he was so patient with me. And, and, um, and, and I know that at that point, you know, I have my chair is a little bit squeakier. You don't notice that till you're actually recording, right? Um, <laughs> This is a real podcast. This is a podcast about real life, and and no, I hadn't noticed it until you just mentioned it, and now I'm going to notice it every time. Thank you. Every time I yeah. shift, and you're so good at sitting still, and I'm I'm such a wiggler. Um, this is British excitement, by the way, sitting this still. <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh, yeah. So uh, you know, I think at that point, I I, I did shift quite a bit, um, but it's hard to 
you know, unprogram yourself from years of, of how to how to build a business into this relational relational one on one thing. And 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 I was actually really successful at it. And um, I, I did end up building, you know, a multi multiple six figure business by sort of just getting down to the simplicity of it and and the relationship of it and the personal invitations and learning how to actually apply my spiritual lessons to to the invitation. And I know that I, I started to diverge a bit because I really did want that spiritual connection with people, right? And it was it became something very sacred to me, my business and 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 the growth of it of you know using my intuition, following the energy and um, and and I spent a lot of time and and years understanding how the dynamics of energy worked um, in in relation to to building and and I would say that it was a very feminine way of of growing my business, you know, waking up and saying, what one thing can I do to, do today to propel myself the fastest and get myself the closest to that which I most desire? And I would wake up and I would do that every day, and day in, day out. And it was it was beautiful. And I built a great lifestyle around it. Um, I did. Yeah, because I, I remember, I mean, you know, you also published this fantastic uh online magazine for coaches which i was very proud and honored to um submit to a few times i think mm. I, was, I was i was so happy by the way to be in the same um you did uh an e- edition i said episode and edition is that all right he did an yes, edition issue. with michael issue. Neal, an issue yes bless you mm-hmm. he did an issue with uh <laughs> with michael neal on the cover i was so happy that i submitted to a magazine that had michael neal on the cover I was like oh yes i've made it anyway so um he did that and i also remember being part of this uh yeah it was is a, a very large community on facebook right coaching community on facebook yeah we had I think uh, at one point we had close to eighteen hundred coaches, seventeen, eighteen hundred coaches. Mm. Yeah. yeah, which at that time was a very large community, and um, not one. Yeah, to at the time the it was the gun. largest coach-only community right. on Facebook. Yeah, and um, so I know it's a spoiler alert here, um, which we'll get to. But you ditched it all, didn't you? Yeah, I think my favorite phrase, if if you were to describe who I am, um, my favorite thing that I've happened upon is I have a sledgehammer in one hand and a pen in the other. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. I love that. Oh my goodness! Right. It just it just so encapsulates how like my approach to to life, to my approach to especially to my business is that. I I love being in the creation process and when I get to the place where the creation is no longer um, enlivening my soul or isn't in alignment with where I want to go next, which there's always that next place for me, um, I take my sledgehammer to it. I don't, I don't pussyfoot around it. If it no longer serves me, if I, it's no longer mine um then then it's time for me to reassess and of course you know i could have handed it off i could have done a a million different things that would have made made much more sense than that but mm-hmm. there's something cathartic for me to just 
burn it down and start with a clean palette. Yeah. I, I so admired that. It looked very courageous to me. And and but this I think this whole idea of, of courage in any case is uh, a bit of a myth, but that's a that's a whole other a whole other subject. But um it it did look courageous to me to do that. But of course courage is only necessary in the context of there being fear. Whereas if you're following, you know, what just feels true for you, there right. there's an absence of fear so therefore courage is kind of an, a non-event it's just it doesn't really exist in that yeah you know i mean i do a lot of things in my business that people are sort of in awe of um because they can't believe that i had the courage to do it but i, I don't find them to be acts of courage i find them to be just uh, you know that the next for me, the next logical step, you know, you talk about that magazine. I, I literally woke up one day and said, I wonder if I could publish a magazine that was written by, like, all these people that are in my community and, um, you know, doesn't have the ads. It's just it's just a gift. Mm -hmm. Like, let's talk about one subject. How hard can it be? Mm -hmm. And within a month, I'd publish my first, my first issue. And I started putting these little... It was like only a few sentence email that said, hey, I have this magazine. I don't have a lot of readers yet because it's brand new, but it's it's all for coaches. And um, I'd really be honored if you would take the cover spot. And I was sending it out to like, you know, Michael Neal. I was sending it out to um, to to all of these top tier coaches and people in the self-development world that were top of their game mm. and um i was getting yeses like yeah sure yeah, yeah. Uh, of course and i'm and michael uh, michael in particular uh i said i just need your article and photo by the 15th um you know at least 800 words and he's like okay the 15th of what month like what when does it go out i said oh it goes out on the first he goes what <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it really only takes me a few hours to put together. <laughs> and and he said, I have never, he says, I've been published all over the world. He goes, I've never had an experience that was that easy. I said, well, how hard is it? Like, it's really not that hard to publish a magazine. Um, it just, it, it, so it wasn't an act of courage. It was my pen in action. Right. No, yeah. knowing that it, nothing I do is permanent. I have a sledgehammer on the other side. If it doesn't work out, I knock it down and recreate. So I see it doesn't that, have to be hard. That whole idea of courage can be such a distraction in a way. So mm -hmm. um, I'd like to just just come back to uh, you know. So again, what got you in that room? I'd love to. I'd love to know because I know. Look, so. You know, we've been chatting and catching up before we hit the record button, and there's some mm -hmm. some really lovely stuff I, I I want you to share, um, you know, with with our listeners here. However, look, you and I we got drawn into one particular community, and there are other communities out there, and sure. there's plenty. I mean, gosh, it's one thing that kind of does my head in. That's a real victim thing to say. It does my head in, but um, it's like you just see this so much everywhere of of people offering 
you know, high ticket closing, high ticket sales, all this kind of stuff. And like we've mm-hmm. said, you know, we've said we read that room, and that, that was the first I'd heard of what people are paying how much for coaching. Okay, I have some of that. So I, I'm guessing like that does appeal. Of course, it appeals. Like I mean, I love money, right? So it's not the money that I love, but what I love is what that the freedom that gives me to do things. I love the things that I can do with money. Right. So I'm curious. Okay, you said you know, created a multiple six figure business. In in kind of summary, then. How were you doing that? What were you taking? What was it that you took out of being part of, um, you know, that community that enabled you and helped you to build that kind of business before you did decide to uh, hit it with your hammer? <laughs> um, you know, it's it's interesting because I don't, I can't say that it was any one thing, mm. um, but I know that in that room, it was the possibility of that one thing that kind of broke it open. And then it was a whole lot of trial and error to get to the next step and to the next step of, okay, well, what would that look like to me? Um, you know, where am I out of alignment with, if, if I say I want to create this connection with people, where am I out of alignment? Where am I you know, leaning back on those marketing tools instead of the energy? And so I think that first year was really the unraveling of all of the shoulds that I had put into my business and all of the expectations and all of the rules. And, you know, even going into it, my tagline was screw the formulas. But I realized that at that, in that room that I had been really truly following more formulas than I had known I was following. Mm. Little things like, oh, I'm going to write a book. Okay, well, how many words does a book have? A book has, you know, 50,000 words. So I need to write 50,000 words to write a proper book. And it needs to be, you know, in this font and that font. And and it's funny because you don't realize how many rules you actually operate under until you really take a pause and say, I want to do everything different. And what does everything encapsulate? And so, you know, I, I think in any learning curve for me, there's a pendulum swing, right? There's, I was all marketing and then I sort of found my way in there and then I was all not marketing and, and that worked well. But then I also know that I have all of these tools available to me. So, so how can I find my center in that? How can I understand that having the conversations and being out in the world is marketing and how can that be a spiritual act instead of a uh, an act that is following a rule, right? Like Facebook is a tool. Is it a marketing tool? Yeah, it can be. And how can I not be a marketer and still be on Facebook, mm. right? So it was really like the exploration from that room of saying connection will bring you that big those big ticket items instead of marketing will bring you, you know, money and finding my place and finding my center within that truth. Cause, cause it's always a combination. Um, it's, it's, we live in, in the center of everything that we've learned. And when we deviate to one side or the other, we're negating the wealth and breadth of, of who we are in, on this planet love that i love that 
I would drop the mic. I would drop the mic yeah. if I had one. Yeah, that's that's a mic drop. That that that'll be the, <laughs> that might well be the opening section of of this podcast, unless you say something even more mic drop. Uh, you know what? I'm glad you're recording because who knows what's going to come yeah, out of my mouth right. next. <laughs> um. So I. So come on, let's get juicy. What um. You know, so we're not going to name names or whatever. Because so let's just talk about the industry and uh, as a whole, okay? So there's things that I've seen, and to me, it is that I got drawn into that chasing the money. I got drawn into um, that whole thing about everybody is a potential client. You know, so when you meet somebody, uh, oh, I did some say, gross things. What do you, yeah. what, do you, what do you do? And you just turn and say, "Oh well, well, let's not talk about me. You tell me what you do, and then when you provide an opening for me to interject of how I can help you with what you do, then I'll start telling you. And we'll talk about what I do because then you might be interested in hiring me. And just that whole real ickiness around that, mm-hmm. instead of just being just curious about people i mean lovingly genuinely curious steve right. chandler taught taught me and when i went through school i've said this numerous times on this podcast curious curiosity is an expression of love if you're genuinely sure. curious about somebody so i get I, I, so i want to eke out like what 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 are those things that perhaps you got drawn into that on reflection you think oh no thanks uh, yeah i mean uh, i can remember like you know the the eagerness to to prove myself uh, to myself that this model of growing my business would be good, and yeah, I made a lot of proposals that, in hindsight, I really I was so proud of myself for making. But in hindsight, I'm like, oh god, that was so smarmy. Like you know, like I know that that particular person does not have, you know, the $47,000 to be my apprentice. I know this. And I want to work with her. But I'm so fixated on that being, um, you know, we fool ourselves in saying how much people pay you is how much they'll value you. And and if they have to struggle for it, they'll, they'll value your services that much more. And and I know we'll go into this, you know, more and more, but I've had people who have paid me a dollar who whose lives were forever changed, who, you know, metaphorically on their knees in gratitude mm. that that we had the conversation. And I and I found that some of the conversations that I've had at the larger ticket items are more transactional. And even though deep, profound work is done, there's a different tension to to the service um, than there is when it's not about the price or the money. It's about just showing up and and doing the thing that we've been driven and trained to do, right? Um, and amongst all ahead. of that, I think... I I certainly got distracted away from my my core desire of what it is I want to do and why I'm why I'm in this profession, which ultimately was I love having conversations with people and I love to help people if I can. Like mm-hmm. we can analyze that, whatever that means about me. I don't give a shit. I just quite frankly, I just love talking with people and helping them in whatever way I can. And if I can make a living doing that then that's cool, right? I love to go to Greece and sure. go on holidays and things like this. But 
Um, but I realized I'd, I'd, and I guess this happens in all professions, right? We, in, I know in corporate life, I spent 26 years in corporate and you end up mm -hmm. chasing, you know, the next promotion or the next project or the next rate re renegotiation rise and whatever. And, uh, it's, it's so liberating to let all that go. Mm -hmm. It's liberating to let it go. And, um, and yet, you know, it's we're also in business. So, like I said, it's attention, mm. right? And it's it. I mean, tension is great. Orgasms are a release of tension, mm. right? But at, at, at the core of this tension is, I want to be of service, but I also want to be of service in my own life. Like I want to mm -hmm. to to uh, afford my lifestyle. I want to be able to have the money. I want to be able, for me, to have. Significant amounts to tithe, right? To 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 give to the organizations that are doing great work in this world that are that are that are changing things. Um, I want to be able to tra travel. I want to go hang out with my granddaughters for a month at end, on end, right? And my business allows me the freedom to do that. But at the same time. You know, we're, we're, we're service driven. And so I think there's always going to be that, um, you know, I, I, t people talk about balance, but balance is a very active, uh, an active place to be, right? You, you, to, in order to balance, you have to literally engage every muscle in your body and constantly course correct, Right, you you can't stand on one leg without having some sort of wiggle in you know. Well, maybe you because you sit still so well, but <laughs> for me, it's a lot of wiggling around to find that place of of balance. Right, and and you have it in these divine moments where everything seems perfect, where you're making money and you're being of service, and it all feels fucking awesome. And then all of a sudden, you get you know, you shift a little bit, you're something on your nose itches and, and you got to readjust. Right. So this is great. What a great lead in it's because I want to, I'd love, love for you to share what, what life's been like, what you've seen um, and how your business has changed over the last couple of years. Right. There was some stuff that like went down in, in America. Um, but just a little bit of stuff every single right. day. So yeah. what what can you can you talk us through that? Can you talk us through the pro, pro what like what what was it just to suddenly you woke up one morning and and saw something what 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 happened? What happened? Sure. <laughs> I mean the day after the election we woke up and suddenly we had a racist idiot as the leader of the free world. And we did that. And I did that. Um, I did that. And, and you know, we talk a lot of spirituality about that personal responsibility. I was all me. I totally elected Trump. And it was, it, it was an interesting place to be because, um, I, you know, I'd been so immersed in the freedom and and the energy of self development and coaching that I had formed this little 
bubble of naivete around me, right? <laughs> of uh, this this little spiritual om bubble that was that was mine and whoever I deemed worthy enough to invite into my world, right? Because that's that's what it is. This is my exclusive bubble, and if you want to be with me, you know, you 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 get to be invited, and but only if you're of a certain vibration and and part of that bubble. Um, really involved, like, oh, the news just hurts my heart too much. I just can't watch it. And I, that bubble, like, violently exploded. It wasn't even a sledgehammer. I don't know. I don't know what exploded the bubble. It wasn't me, but the bubble exploded. And all of a sudden, I looked around and said, the only reason I'm shocked by this is because I wasn't paying attention. Not that this is possible to happen. It said I wasn't paying attention enough and I allowed this to happen. And um, it really unbalanced me, you know, talk, like I fell flat on my ass off of that balance pedestal and, and I was stuck. And it, it started this, um, this, this, this stream of, I don't know who I am in the world anymore. And, you know, call it midlife crisis or call it, you know, a crisis of consciousness or, you know, the, I, I was really in an existential crisis where I had tipped to the point where I was questioning everything I'd built. I started, you know, uh, studying um, you know, it's funny because as you know, when I was younger, I went to college as an international relations major with a legal studies studies minor. So I I know what's you know I I was passionate about changing the world, about world events, about politics, and then I got into the spiritual path and I shoved it all away. And talk about that pendulum swing, right? Mm. Um, and and when I opened my eyes it was like all of the things that I had I had shoved away in that little closet all came tumbling out at once and here I was in the middle of all the, these dusty remnants of what I could have changed in the world and hadn't um, and and so I, I went deep into shame and guilt and then I started studying again um, I put away all my self-development books and I started picking up books um, that were about social justice that were about the environment um, that were about, uh, you know, politics and about history and about racism and systems and and I, I really for the past couple of years have have done the shadow work that we do in spirituality, but I've done the shadow work of of who I've been in the world, um, you know, unpacking unpacking all of my unconscious bias that I had been operating under and, and really taking a look at um, the industry. And I had a lot of anger um, at, at myself that, of course, I projected out into, into, you know, all of these coaches that were still going, oh, love and light and, and you know, just love it away. And it's like, how can you love away sex trafficking? I don't understand like I no longer understood how how to be, and it's not like you can stuff the genie back into the bottle. It was out, and I no longer had the desire to stuff it back in because 
ignoring it doesn't make it go away. And so I've been, for the past couple of years, trying to find my new balance, trying to find how I can be um, a spiritual person and 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 operate acts of activism every day. Because in, in my mind, they were separate things, and I've had to find how they operate together, how they can function together, how I can um, break down and cry in, in pain and anger each and every single day, and then stand up and use my spiritual tools to, to, to make progress towards a, a better world. Mm, yeah, beautiful. So there's two things here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put these two things to you. They might require cool. two different answers, but actually I get a sense that they're pretty much the same question. So I see um, within some communities, um, there are you know non-dualistic teachers who are talking about us being all one. We are you know and um, to end all suffering, all that anyone needs to do is remember who you truly are, that we're not separate from anyone else. Um, and as teachers, as spiritual teachers and guides, we don't need to talk about any outcomes, any kind of motivations. We just need the people in front of us. All we need to do is guide them back to themselves, back to their true self. And, you know, and world peace essentially will come from that. Now, there's an aspect of that I can see like, OK, so if I want to be guided, I, my, my favorite question, um, one of my favorite questions still is, well, what would love do? Because that does have me tend to drop my ego stuff and just and and the anger at least see through my anger and victimhood. What would love do here? It's like it is one of my favorite questions. So I can see that us as spiritual teachers, guides, coaches, helpers, whomever, whatever the label, guiding people back to inward to themselves to love. Then yes, okay, so we can be guided by the wisdom of love. And I also love what Marianne Williamson writes in her book, and I'm going to paraphrase, I don't have the quote in front of me, but she says right at the beginning of the book, The Divine Law of uh, Compensation, which I'm sure you're familiar with, right? She mm -hmm. says that she'd like to address the question where somebody might ask, well, what about starving children in Africa? Are they disconnected from love? I don't know if she uses that term, but something like that. Are they, is it that they disconnected from love? And she says, well... It's not that the children in Africa are disconnected from love. There are starving children in Africa because we are disconnected from love. So, right. to me, I don't think we need to dismiss that whole love piece, if you like. You know, the love and light piece. I think there's, and you as an intuitive, um, there's clearly something there for us to guide but i also get what you're what you're what you're talking about here is allowing ourselves to be in a bubble and and really insulating ourselves from suffering that is going on and actually getting off our fucking asses and doing something about it right you know it, it it's interesting cuz you know we are all one we are we're we're literally the same matter right we're we're all energy we have cells and we breathe and we do all of these things we are all one um yes and I, I, i'll i'll bring up this um when when spiritual people take we are all one and say i don't see color what that does is says I don't see our differences either. 
and I don't see how our differences could possibly repress you. And, you know, that's like saying, you know, granted, I, you know, I don't have prejudice against you. But by saying I don't have color, that's negating your experiences on this life as well. And so that's when we start to use our spiritual gifts, our spiritual tools as weapons um, that, that can actually hurt someone. And the idea that we are all one, yes, we are all one, you know, beautiful, beautiful part of this universe. And it's also important to see the differences that at a society level, at a cultural level, we have placed upon the rules of how we operate and to start questioning those and saying, how can I change those, right? How can I look at, if I were a black teenage boy walking down the streets of Chicago and I saw a police officer, I would have a different response from him than if I were a white female Mm -hmm. walking down the street. And yes, we are all one. And yes, it would behoove the police officer to understand that. But the expectation of what we see in the reality that we've created is sometimes disconnected. And I think that we have all of these spiritual gifts and spiritual tools, and I'm curious about how we can start using them differently by saying that what would love do in this situation and teaching others that love would, you know, treat that person the same is perfect. And how can we spread not just love, but how can we retrain people to understand this, right? What are the the things that we've put into place that are so ingrained into who we are that we need to start pulling out at a at a different level, you know, and I don't know if I'm making any sense of this at all, um, because it, it seems sort of amorphous at times. But I think that when we slide into we are all one and love and light only, that's the first level of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first level of spiritual practice. I think when we take that and we start using the tools to actually better the world, That's that second level. That's the next level. That's when we start really understanding that even politics is a sacred act. Um, And and I remember looking at, speaking to Marianne Williamson, um, she ran for a political office once. And I remember she took a lot of flack from the spiritual community for that. How can you step into politics? It's so negative. It's this and that. And she's like, no, this is the most sacred act that we can we can perform because we're actually sh- physically shaping the world when we take interest in what is physically happening in the world, when we, we take responsibility to change the policies. And so for me, that's what I've been trying to figure out. That's like that aha moment, like, oh, wait, everything really can be sacred. What if we used our power of manifesting that we've 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 learned how to use so beautifully to get the car and the money and the, you know, and, and all of the things that we want in our life. What if we use that to put a new law into place? What if we manifested the, the results um, uh, for eradicating hunger? What would happen then? 
because manifesting is, of course, intention plus action. Mm-hmm. What if we applied that to 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 things outside of our own self growth? I don't know if I answered your question. I'm sure I oh, I did. went off the rails yeah, at some no, point. No, you get it, and 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 really, you know, in a conversation like this, we can only touch the surface. Look, you you wrote about this beautifully in this in this article on Medium, and I'm going to include a link a link to that in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you never read the show notes read the show notes because there's a link to this beautiful article take you a few minutes to read it but it it does um you know stacy has has talked there very much about this journey and and and, and what you're seeing right what you're seeing mm-hmm. what you're right. seeing in you what you're seeing in you you know so there's a line as well on your website so there's a line on your website. I don't want to dismiss that, by the way, or that that's that's huge. And like we could do a whole it's, episode about. We'll just, just let that, that simmer and move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We're going to leave that to simmer. There's a line on your website which I want to prod you about because to me, I look at it, I think, well, that's beautiful to be able to do that, but I don't know if that looks like a good business strategy for coaches. It looks like a great strategy for life, perhaps. You said something like, "I removed the financial requirement on my coaching." No dollars for hours, no timeline or set packages, no judgments or sales pitches, just service. So one, well, my second question, maybe you can answer that first, actually. How are you able to do that, right? I think it's probably obvious. How are you able to do that? And then why? So, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I definitely shut down my business um, because I didn't feel right anymore. And, and I did still have clients. Um, uh, I still had in, you know, enough income to cover my bills, uh, even during a, a two-year in-the-cave moment. Um, and I also have an incredible husband who, who covers our baseline. Mm-hmm. Um, so he covers the baseline. I cover my business expenses and anything extra that we do. Um, so we definitely have been doing less extra. Um, and, and that's been a huge blessing because yeah. I, I didn't know how to explain my breakdown. I just knew that I, I just couldn't do what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there was just something off and, and, I started experimenting with my my business. I, I, I've done a lot of um, learning in social entrepreneurism and conscious capitalism um, into what it would take to create a, a new world economy and more, a more spiritually based um, uh, generosity uh, economy. Uh, and, and I started to wonder how I could do that. And, and I don't think that it works... Like a lot of the experiments that I did totally failed, right? Um, but in beautiful ways. Like I started, I, I opened up, I have so so many classes that I've done over the years. And um, I started, you know, just giving them away and, you know, make a donation. And I, and I think I earned, you know, 10 bucks off of those. And it just felt weird. I, I don't feel like when I gave away the courses, they were, it was really appreciated because they were just recordings and, you know, it, it, you put it on that um, shelf, it, it became shelf help for people. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel like I was really doing anything with that. Um, of course, a couple of my books, uh, 100% of the proceeds go it, directly into uh, investments in micro lending around the world uh, in Kiva. Um, and so, uh, you know, and, and a portion of what I make 
has always been donated somewhere. But when you're making less and less, the donations become less and less significant. And it, it sort of becomes a why bother. And so I just kept sort of experimenting. I would wake up and, and think of that next level of generosity that I could do. And um, I realized that I'd fallen out of love with coaching and um, getting clients. And, um, but I, I kind of missed being in conversation with people. And I could have just given them, given, hey, I've got a few free sessions, right? But that didn't feel right either um, because I, I needed to remember that it's an energy exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I needed to remember for myself. And so I opened up six spots and said, listen, I know that I want to be more inclusive in the work that I do um, instead of exclusive. Um, I want to feel people, not because they're the ones that can pay me, that they're part of the elite, um, but because they just need whatever it is in conversation with me that I'm meant to give them. And sometimes that's one conversation, one and done, and they've they've got what they need. And sometimes it's longer. But who am I to you know set these rules up? Um, how do I know what the fuck you need? Mm-hmm. I want you to know what you need and I want you to be able to get it. Like, it's just so simple. And so I, I set up my pay what you want program. And I said, I have six spots. Pay me what you can. Pay me what you can. Not what you feel the session is worth. Pay me what you can. Right? Here's the link to my calendar. Schedule as many sessions as you want. Here's the link to my PayPal me. You you put in a donation whenever you want. But if we have a so- session, put in a dollar. Right? That it's just simple. It's a clean exchange, and um, I will set aside two hours for you. And if it takes us four to get through what you need, that's fine. If it takes us half an hour to get through what you need, that's fine. And um, those sessions filled up within a couple of hours. And, and that uh, kind of stunned me because I'd been in my cave, right? I hadn't mm-hmm. been doing the marketing. I hadn't been doing the emailing. I hadn't been doing the posting. I just, it was just a simple, hey. And um, they were really, I, I don't think that I, in the foreseeable future, my hammer has been set down for this type of exchange because it feels so good. And and let me say, some people have paid more than uh, more than I expected, and some people have paid me a dollar um, because it's what they have. But every single conversation has ended in tears of gratitude of mm-hmm. of, of on both sides um, because it feels. Not like I'm doing something so like, oh, look at me, what a good person, but because the transformation is so intense and because I can feel how much that means. And it goes back to like, it doesn't mean anymore when you are paid $10,000 for an hour or $1 for an hour. 
um, it, it really truly brought me back to the core of service. And I don't think I could have done it as profoundly had I not gone through the whole cycle. I don't think that a new coach should go out and say, hey, I don't have prices. No, get over your money shit. Learn what it feels like to earn money from this before you say, this would feel better. Because I don't think this is the path for everyone. Um, It just, it was the right path and divine timing for me. And what's really beautiful about what what you've done there um, it's one thing that I relate to. There, there have been times when I thought, I just want some fucking help. I mean, the, one of the beautiful things about this, right. if you, you get into a coaching communities, and I've got like some of my best friends now, I just met at, you know, Steve Chandler events and Rich Living events and what have you, right? right. Just, and there's people out there now, maybe listening to this, who have, who have helped me as like, they've, they've coached me, but they're like my closest friends. Right. right. So there is there's there is help out there, but there's also something magical about a coaching relationship if we call it that. It's like, okay, let's right. do this thing together and it has its own it's encapsulated, if you like, within that right. context. There's something magical about that. And I've hired my own coaches and it's just of course I, I you know, I'm in this profession. I I but totally believe in it. There's there's lots of shit that I don't like and you know, one of those things that was happening inspired me to create this podcast. So, um, right. but what I, what I, one of the things I really love, I've been in, I've been in situations myself where I haven't been able to hire the kind of coach that I wanted to hire. And I've just wanted somebody to give me a fucking break. Like I've had conversations with somebody that I would love to hire. I won't name, I won't name him. And he now he charges even more. And it is, you know, the price of a small house to work with this yeah. guy now. And I would have loved to have worked with him. And um, had like a conversation with him, and is and you know exchanging some emails, and he's um, he's like, how how can I now serve you? And 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 I'm like up front, I'm thinking, well, I I want you to give me a break. Actually, I you know that's what I would really like. He's like, uh, I, I can't remember how he put it, but it was basically like, I believe in you. You can make the money which you know, really wasn't very helpful. So I love that. And I've done it as well, you know, where, because I relate to that. If we can, and generally we, we probably can, um, we can give somebody a break and give them some help. Yeah. There's so many ways to do it. You know, um, even for a, for, for a new coach, you know, who's that say, you know, out there and, um, they're not, or or a coach who's not earning enough, and and we really want to give someone a break. You know, set up a scholarship program where one person a month gets that break, right? You, you whatever it is, do. There's no reason, and this is the thing. This entire industry, everything that we do, it's all made up shit. Mm-hmm. It's all made up, right? It's all made up how many people we could talk to, how we can talk to them, how much we charge, how much we don't charge. We'll do groups, do this, do that. We've made it all up. I wake up and I pulled a price out of my ass and this is what I'm going to charge. Well, today's price, I'm not pulling anything out of my ass. My ass is closed for business. You pull the price out of your ass. Tell me what you want to pay me. Right? Like, you know, 
it, it just it got to the point and and I remember a good friend like I I have a bunch of jewelry and I'm like you know I think I'm just gonna put this out and you know if people want to purchase it it's donation these are my costs cover the cost and whatever else you want to pay and and she said to me she said what is your aversion to putting a price on things lately and I said I don't think I have an aversion I just don't have any more fucks to give about it mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's like it's I I don't mind, I've gone through putting prices on everything. And at a certain point, I sort of outgrew it. I know what I'm worth. I, and and it's, it's not something that is monetary. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I love having the energy exchange. Money is how we exchange the energy as a thank you. Um, and if somebody literally says, I don't even have a dollar to my name, but you know what, I, I'm making cookies and, and I'll send you some cookies, I'm in, right? Mm. Whatever it is. It's, it's, and and for all know. of us, there is a reality here. We've all got some constraints. Like we all have bills to pay. Sure. We all have 24 hours or 168 hours in a week that those are the constraints we're working within, right? So yes, of course. So, so to me, if I wanted to put that in some kind of structure yes i do some pro bono stuff i do you know i'm very happy to give somebody a break as well and it's like so i might only have one spot for that or two or whatever and i've got these spots that you know that have fees and that's kind of pretty much it and like yeah because there's only 168 hours in a week and there's only one of me then i don't have any more spots for that but and those are the realities right yeah and that's that that tension right that line that we have to that we have to assess now the other thing the work that the other piece of work i had to do immediately following taking off my prices was am i okay with only making a dollar a month Mm -hmm. um am i okay with not filling these spots am i okay with you know, I just I I, I opened up the Patre- uh, Patreon where I can write, and it's like, am I am I okay? Am I still there? Am I still here with you? Am I am I okay with only having like two people or one person pay me a dollar or no one showing up? Am I still going to write? And it's like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I also had to ask, am I okay with people paying me? again for these services and I had to be okay with that so it's it's almost like you know you have to go through you go through all of the money conversations to charge more and more right you you go through that 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 process that every coach goes through like of raising their fees and the fear of raising the fees and raising the fees well you also have the whole exploration well you I had to go through that in reverse of like, okay, am I going to feel taken advantage of if they only pay me a dollar? Am I going to feel resentful to some of these conversations because I'm being paid so little? Am I going to feel undervalued? Um, Am I going to feel kind of like, uh, this is a good one, am I going to feel like a loser because I can't get anyone to pay me my high fees anymore? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, and, and so it's, it's, um, I, 
I needed to go through the reverse situation too. And and the funny thing is the assumption that I would make nothing off of doing this was false. Mm-hmm. Because clearly I'm making enough to cover my bills. And I went to Paris this summer and I went to Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. So the assumption that by taking away my prices and you pay me what you want will not pay me money is, um, I mean, that's, that's just a limitation that we've placed upon ourselves that the only way to make money is by, you know, say setting our baseline. Well, what if it's not? And you've said, you know, like you said, it is all made up. So I, I've gone through stages, uh, was it two or three years ago, I went through a stage where I would have some conversations with my clients and say, well, I, I'm more interested in what's the right fee for you. Like, what is the right fee for you? I'm really open and flexible. And like now, this year, I've been not rigid, but I'm like, well, these are my fees. It's X, Y, Z. That's it. And uh, are you in or not? It's been like that. Yeah. It's all just made up. It really is. It is. It's just so... We do, and we sometimes do we have the band, do. and sometimes we have, and it's funny because it actually takes more bandwidth to be okay with what they're going to give you than it does to just say this is this is the clean cut way to do it, mm-hmm. and and you know when we're going through emotional upheaval, sometimes the last thing we want to do is to go into a conversation uh, with unsurety. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the prices become. Um, a place of stability that we can rely on. And and that's a beautiful thing because they're the things that keep us grounded in, in a world that is, uh, I mean, it's totally one of my favorite words, in a world that's more amorphous, right? In, in a world that's more ethereal and, and, and made up. It's, it's nice to feel that um, solid buoy of a price and a stake in the ground. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm at right now. And and that helps us navigate in other ways. For me, because I was so off the rails, um, I can't even imagine putting a stake in the ground right now. Right? Like like putting a stake in the ground, it's it would would be the opposite of what I emotionally need in this moment. I need other people to make those decisions. And um and I needed to be okay with completely being out of control um, because I have gifted myself this this time where my sledgehammer has done a lot of work. Stacy, the time's flown by. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely amazing. I have one question to ask you, which I, I like to ask somebody who's an author. Can you summarize something? But I, I like to ask my guests this. If you just had one message for a bunch of coaches in a room that were perhaps in the first couple of years of their practice, there's a lot of exploring going on. If you just had mm-hmm. one 30 second message for them, what might that be? It's to uncomplicate what you're doing. Uh, and the year that I, the moment that I broke six figures, was the time when I would get myself down to the number one most important thing to do each day. 
And I would, some days would could only do one thing. And by focusing on only the most important thing and getting rid of all of the other shit that we've been told that complicates our life, it allowed the su- success to come in. So quit complicating shit and just do the one thing that you know intuitively will propel you the fastest and get you the closest to that which you most desire. I love that. And what a beautiful way to end because it brings me right back to my introduction. Like, like there's, there's so much to Stacey Nelson, but you know, I value and love you so much as my friend. So you. thank you, Stacey. Thank you. Thank you so much, Phil. Oh my goodness. What a way to come back from a break and back into exploring what it is to be living a coaching life. Stacy brought so much into this conversation. It's almost impossible to pick only a few things out. I'll certainly be going back and listening again myself. Maybe you will too. As a friend, I noticed that Stacy had retreated into her cave and I'm so honored to have had her come and share all that she's been feeling through and exploring as part of her journey, part of her reinvention of her transformative work. I implore you to read her article on Medium. The link is in the show notes, where like today, but in much more detail, she talks about the dark side of transformation, what she described today as using our spiritual exploration as a way to ignore what is going on in the real world. I think we're all in this because we have a desire to not only help people, but to make a difference in the world to make the world a better place and I love how Stacy is looking at how she can do that rather than just stopping at that whole love and light thing then there's that way she's making her work more accessible to others that's absolutely beautiful and a very important message at the end one that's held me numerous times um, during my career not least in these 13 years of coaching uncomplicate what you're doing she said choose that number one thing to do each day and focus only on that getting rid of all the other shit that complicates life my goodness don't you relate to that i certainly do so what is your one thing i'd love to hear from you what do you notice is your one thing and if you're unsure or maybe you do know yet you still find yourself not focusing or taking action on it reach out to me i'd love to hear from you maybe explore with you and each month i'll be selecting someone from listeners just like you that have contacted me to have a follow-up conversation that may be featured in a future episode of this podcast the coaching life so what is your one thing oh and let me ask you to do one other thing Um, I want to get this podcast out to help as many coaches as possible. You can play a part in that by either sharing links to episodes to your community on social media or in your email list, or by simply recommending it to others um, that you talk to, that you have conversations with. And it will make a huge difference if you take just one minute to leave an honest review on iTunes. If you do that, please let me know. I may have something for you in return. Wow, what an episode. There's more coming and I'm very excited about other stuff that's in the pipeline. I'm very excited um, about some coaching life live events that we've got um, 
coming to fruition and if you want to get in on the details of those as soon as they're available drop me a note at phil at philg.com yes coaching life live events that's real people in a room together in person more on that real soon okay thank you once again for listening i wish you much love and joy